Mom Training Podcast with Diana Ballard. Hey ladies, welcome to the Mom Training Podcast. We're going to talk about self-sabotage, time management, how we can be better at managing ourselves, our time, so that we can feel better, so that we can get more stuff done, so that we can really feel like we're accomplished and fulfilling the things that we want to do in our life. I'd like to introduce you today to Alyssa Smith. Uh, She is a trauma-informed life strategist who helps women achieve independence from their self-sabotage and any effects from trauma so that they can shine in their next stage of life. So Alyssa, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you so much, Diana. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we're really excited to learn from you today. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do. So I am a certified life coach and I specialize in trauma-informed strategies for women who are struggling with time management blocks, any kind of self-sabotage, not really at the place where they want to be in their lives. And for me, my journey, so I've been coaching for about eight years. And interestingly enough, around the time that I got certified, I already knew I was heading in the coaching direction and I have all these other life experiences that have fed into educating me and training me for this position. But At that time in my life, I really hit this wall where everything that I thought that was going to be in place for me in my life really crumbled around me. And I smile when I talk about it now because it's just so interesting to see what that was a setup for. It felt like setbacks. It felt like I'm never getting out of this pit. It felt like darkness. I lost my marriage. I lost um, my my health. I lost, um, I had all of these multiple different types of traumas that happened at the same time. Meanwhile, having uh, my son and birth trauma and, you know, uh, dealing with kind of a colicky baby and all these different things that happened within like a very small period of time, about 18 months. And uh, including not being able to walk because of some medical complications for about a a nine month period. And it really could not get much darker. (laughs) It's kind of how I felt at that time. Like this, there's literally, I'm I'm typically an optimist, but for the first time in my life, I felt like there might not be a tunnel out of here. There, I might never be on time. I might never be able to be productive. I might never be able to have dreams, much less try to go get them. And through all of that, when I started working my way out with some support that I went after, with some amazing tools that I learned, um, I just promised myself two things. One, that if I ever made it out of that place, I would get the proper training and credentials and whatever else I needed to do in order to hand those tools to another woman going through something similar. And number two, I wasn't going to let go of that darkness until I squeezed as many drops of light and learning out of it as possible. So this last eight years has been this incredible process for me to where I've built this incredible, like joyful lifestyle for me and my son. And I work with women every day now who are getting the aha moments around things that they're able to step out of that have been holding them back. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I feel like that's really important for us as women to have support when we've had some type of trauma. And I I can imagine that most people in life have had something that happened that has really rocked their boat uh, or hasn't turned out the way that they wanted it to turn out. Or, you know, we have a vision of one, one thing and then 
you know, it, it changes over time. Um, so yeah, I feel like that's a very important topic for women to have help with is working through those struggles. Absolutely. And I mean, we're, we're coming through a pandemic. I mean, this is, you know, the unprecedented times. This has affected every mom more than it's affected a lot of the rest of society. And so even if we just, I'm putting air quotes, just have dealt with the pandemic, we have plenty of what in the field of trauma work we would call like a small T trauma. So there are small T traumas and big T traumas. Small T traumas are things that um, are repeated needs going unmet, but but like not a major loss. Big T traumas are things like big bad things that should never happen to anyone. And so, um, you know, if you had a major loss or if you had uh, medical trauma, if you, um, God forbid, ha- have been attacked before, those kinds of things are big T traumas. But every single person who survived the pandemic has been through little T traumas because of all the ways it's shaped our reality. Yeah. No, and I I feel like we're still kind of even after years after there are things that are still happening like people that have changed or people that have been stressed out or divorces yeah. or you know yeah. businesses that went under or still struggling. I know my parents' business right now is still really struggling. They're struggling to find people to work for them like just just things that have played over from that time that you know, it might be helpful if we had someone to talk to. So, um, I, I would love to, to ask you, um, what are the most common types of our time management sabotage? You know, cause that usually as moms, like we have to have some type of schedule to be able to get everything done, um, or take care of ourselves or things like that. So what, what are the most common types of, of time management sabotage? Yeah, so so there are four main types of self-sabotage that we typically are making choices that play into these. And then there are a couple of bonus ones, a couple of bonus time management issues that are a little bit out of our control. So, um, uh, so the main four types of sort of self-inflicted, self-protective sabotage are procrastination, perfectionism, people-pleasing, and overwhelm. And these all overlap a little bit, but they are all things that the survival brain enacts when we are stressed for a certain purpose. And then the other two that I that deserve honorable mention, <laughs> and I guess really this, this fifth one is something that we can make choices around, and it's a lack of prioritizing our own needs. That's a huge sabotage that moms in particular are susceptible to. Don't feel any shame, moms. We're going to talk about why it's not your fault. (laughs) And then interruption. So this is something that every mom is familiar with. You are finally sitting down to take a deep breath. It's after bedtime. And maybe you're folding the laundry. Maybe you're watching your Netflix show. Maybe you're trying to take a hot bath. And lo and behold, guess who's back awake again? (laughs) And you're not expecting it. So we get interrupted. And that's another big sort of time management issue. You know, I have to share something interesting that literally happened today. Um, so I have a new nanny that I just hired. And so awesome. I have hired a little bit extra hours so that she can help me to clean. And it was interesting. Today was the first day we did that. And so for two hours, both of us cleaned while we did whatever. So during that two hours, I had, you know, a baby that wouldn't go down. You know, my toddler dropped one of our eggs from our chickens, like all over the front porch. 
Um, you know, like I just, there's the list of the dog peed on the floor and then he dug up a hole <laughs> no. and, and there were just so many things that happened. And I was like, oh my gosh, like my eyes are totally open to why my house is struggling right now is because I block out that two hours of time, right. To take care of my house, which is take care, can care of my needs because I need the house clean. Right. But in that amount of time, like praise the Lord that I had the, the nanny helping me clean because oh she goodness. kept cleaning while I was dealing with all these other issues. And it was like, it just made me realize like, wow, like there really are so many things that pull from my attention, distract me. And, you know, and it, that isn't my fault, right? <laughs> like, no, nope. you know, and there, it's not. There's, there's always times where we can say, oh, I could have done better in all these different places and use my time wisely in all these different places. But like, you may be in a season right now of your life where there are literally things happening all the time that pull you away from whatever you're trying to focus on. Exactly. And I said this, I'm so sorry, I'm not laughing at you. I'm just, I'm cracking up because this is a scenario that every mom knows. Yep. You block out the time, right? Because when I teach time blocking, that's actually a method of, of, of tracking your time management. But when I teach time blocking to moms, they just laugh. You know, they're like, what do you mean? Like two hours for this one dedicated thing, unless the world holds still, we're not going to get that time. Right. So it becomes very much about your strategy. It becomes very much then about your attitude toward yourself and your ability to latch on to acceptance and wisdom at the same time that your life is falling apart because the dog peed and the kid dropped the egg and the, you know, the, all the different interruptions, it's unpredictable. And part like a massive part of what I work with my clients on is the resilience that it takes to stay out of survival mode while stuff is going wrong. That's a huge piece of not sabotaging. So how do you do that then? Cause I, I <laughs> right? honestly, today I, I was chilling. I was perfectly fine with all these things happening, but it was because I had someone else there doing yeah. the things that I, I wanted to do. Like I, you know, I, I did get to wash one of my windows today on the out, out and inside. That was a miracle, hey. right. You know, and I got my room clean and I, you know, we swept half the floor, you know, like we got, you know, and, and she's been working on other things, but like, you know, I was relaxed because I like, I knew that the things that were really important to me that I really wanted to get done were happening, but that's not always there. Like, right. So moms right. don't always have the opportunity to have someone in supporting them in that. Um, and you know, so like, what do we, what do we do in those moments? Like, how do we find that resilience where we're not, you know, losing it or checking out on our phone <laughs> yeah. because we're right. wanting to be like, oh my gosh, like I can never get this to work. And just, I, I, I don't want to feel any of it. Right. So tell me your exactly. ideas on that. Yeah. So, okay. So there's a short-term kind of solve, and then there's a long-term solve. So um, let's start with what sabotage actually is. So sabotage is anything that you are choosing to do that does not serve the end result that you're looking for. So if I'm in pain and I'm scrolling on my phone to numb, or I'm sitting at the end of the night eating a pint of ice cream 
to to and watching a show to like numb and medicate myself. There is absolutely no shame in that. And I'm going to tell you about that in a second. But that would be considered sabotage because it's something that you're choosing, even if you're passively choosing it. So that's what sabotage is. Now, this is the reason that it happens. And I think this is the piece that is missing. You can go find time management experts. You can go find um, people that will teach you hacks about how to like maximize your time as a mom and like ways to, you know, do your grocery shopping shorter and like ways to do things that take less time and shortcuts with cleaning. But here's, here's the bottom line. If you want to stop the choices that are not getting you the results that you're looking for, you have to understand that your right brain, which is where the survival part of the brain is, is kind of think about it like it's inflamed when you're under stress. So that can be for a lot of different reasons. And what happens when your survival brain, it's one job is to perceive a threat. And when it perceives a threat, it takes over. Okay, so this is what happens when your survival brain takes over. It's, it's sort of like martial law, okay? It's sort of like the troops come in, nobody can go out, there's a curfew everywhere. Like your right brain shuts down every system in your body because it, it doesn't know the difference between, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, we're late for school again. Or, oh my gosh, I'm being chased for running for my life from a bear. So it doesn't know the difference. It has the same response to both situations. And it's not helpful when you're trying to, to mother <laughs> or operate you know, heavy equipment. <laughs> so when it does that, essentially it tells the left brain, hey, there's a threat. We won't be needing your calculus services or your higher level thinking or your massive decision-making ability or your logic right now. I'm going to take over with instincts and we're going to run like crazy to the nearest tree. Left brain's like, cool, let me know when you want me back. So you, at that point, the moment that there is stress perceived, the moment that your right brain sees that there might be a need to run or fight or whatever, it tells everything in your body that's not necessary when you're running from a bear to just take a break and you don't have access to any kind of this. I mean, if you can relate to this, I'm sure most moms that are listening right now have had that moment where there's so much crazy stuff happening and someone's asking you a question that you know the answer to, and you don't even know how to answer the question. Right. So that's the moment of overwhelm. That's the moment where your right brain is like, we don't need to do higher level thinking. We're on the run. The other systems that are affected is it kind of shuts down your digestive system. So you might experience cramping in your intestines. You might experience nausea, lose your appetite. You might, you might experience that you want to binge eat. That's another way that the system kind of shuts down. You lose track of whether or not you're actually hungry. And your system says we need sugar and we need fat because we're going to run and we need energy. So there are so many reasons why this happens and it speeds up your heart rate. It speeds up your respiratory system. You're, you might find that you're holding your breath or your heart might be skipping a beat. All of these things are just your brain thinking that you're running from an animal. So if we live in a society where we don't have a calm down after the stressor, 
Because if you think about, you know, caveman times or whatever, where this was really helpful because you don't want to be sleeping in your cave and then the bear comes in and you have no adrenaline to run. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, this is, this is the helpful thing. It started out as a really good thing and it still serves us well. It's, it's what's gotten you to be an adult uh, and a mom. And it's, say it's, it's helpful when our babies wake up at night and we have that sixth sense that says, oh my gosh, something's not right. But in those days when it was originally designed, our survival brain could then perceive that the bear had gone away and would reset. We would regulate now because the threats are never ending. And if you're a mom and you're expected to multitask and the school has demands and your job has demands and your kids have demands and the dog is peeing and the, you know, your partner has demands, whatever else is going on, there's not a reset in our society. So that reset is key to overcoming the sabotage. I feel like I've been talking a lot. So do you, what do you, well, you know, you I just, I just have to say you're <laughs> preaching to the choir right now. I'm like, girl, I swear. Like <laughs> I, I feel like before 2020, I regulated my stress very well. Like I had, you know, like a mommy date once a week where I would just go out for a couple hours. It was like the night where my husband watched the kids, I'd go out. I had time I'd wake up and I'd, I'd write in my journal and I do these things and I would reset. And I feel like I was so resilient at that time, you know, and then the pandemic started and it was kind of like a break for me, to be honest, in the beginning, it may not have been that for everybody, but we didn't have to go anywhere. We didn't have to, you know, no one was coming over. I could walk around in my underwear. Actually, I have to tell you, this is totally random, but like, I was like, you know what? I don't have to put on pants today. No one's coming over. Literally someone came over that day. Like the day oh that I gosh. thought that I was like, what the freak? <laughs> no one's been here for months. I had to run and get clothes on anyway. But like, get your pants. <laughs> I know, but like, um, you know, I just, I felt like it was, was good, but then like, you know, more things started to happen and more things started to happen and more. And then my husband lost his job and then he got kind of depressed and then, you know, this, and then just different, you know, family members that got really mean because they were, they were highly stressed from everything happening. And just, it just started to compound from there. And I feel like I got less resilient and less able to like bounce back to that calm, which I feel like I've been calm, like most of my life, right. Just being able to chill, just chilling all the time. But so I, I'm sure I'm not the only one that still feels like this high level of survival, like you're saying, like, but so how do we get out of that then? I guess is what I'm, I'm wondering because like, I, I even feel like I need to like pull myself down and like, ch- girl, just chill out. But like, how do you do yeah. that when you're like, I'm running from a bear, you know, you're fine. Like you really are like the bear's gone. Like you can stop yeah. running. You're going to run straight into a tree if you don't cut it out, you know? Exactly. So yeah. Like, like <laughs> your directional your, system is awesome. yeah. Right. Like, so what's your, what's your tips with that? Because, uh, I just, I just feel that's very important for us to talk about because, I, I know that there's a lot of us moms that haven't come down. And I will say that social media doesn't make it any better. Uh, you know, on, a, on the daily, you find some type of opinion that's different. Like there's 5 million opinions that, that either flow with you or don't flow with you, but still creates, you know, issues inside that there is a fight going on or the problems that are happening and people struggling. And so how do moms pull themselves back into the calm and away from the survival mode is what I want to hear. Such a great question. Okay. So there are, there are two ways to do this. 
and they, they work hand in hand. If you do one and not the other, it will not last. And so the biggest immediate, and we're going to talk more about this in the mom training too. I just want to say, we're going to, we're going to have time to go into more of these specific um, avenues of calm in, in the mom training um, for anyone who wants to join us there. But the, the bottom line is I created the three S framework to give you short-term relief. And then there's a long-term relief strategy that has to also be in play if you, especially if you've tried before to beat your sabotage or if you've tried to overcome the stress and you haven't been able to make it last. Cause I, I, I can't even tell you how many moms I hear this from. Like, I don't have a lot of time. Um, I don't want to invest a lot of money in myself. Like, you know, when I, when I teach this in a class or in a program or something like that, it's, it's like, what, ha, tell me how this is going to actually change things because I can usually start to do something and then I get sidetracked or whatever. So you have to have the long-term and short-term. So that, let's just talk about the three S framework. The first S is safety. Your brain needs to understand from your body cues and from the fact that you recognize when you're stressed and you take a break when you're stressed so that it can understand that you're no longer running. So there are all kinds of ways that we can do that. But essentially, if you can start with three deep breaths, that is enough slow breathing that it gets the right brain's attention that says, if we were actually running, we couldn't be doing this. We couldn't be taking the slow breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth. We wouldn't be doing that if we were on the run. So the brain's like, ah, okay, do we need some more systems to come back online? And it's like, yes, let's regulate the respiratory. Let's regulate the circulatory. Let's bring the digestive system back online. So that's the safety bit. Then the second S is self-care. And actually that term during the pandemic got so overused <laughs> that I, I am thinking of officially changing it to self-nurturing for this particular purpose excuse me. And the, the basis of self-care, self-nurturing, I'm not talking, go take a spa day, unless that's really something that you want to, and are able to do easily. I'm talking, pay attention to your five senses and do one thing that nurtures each one of your senses. And then the third S is support. And this is where I think, you know, mom training and the mom training community. And like, there, there's so many, um, good connections to be made in the mom world, this is where we need each other a lot. Because when your survival brain perceives a threat, it automatically is afraid we're going to be kicked out of the herd. Abandonment is one of the biggest life threats to your survival brain, which is why we have the people pleasing, which is why we have the procrastination because procrastination, if you think about it and people pleasing, it's just, am I performing well enough not to get kicked out? And yeah. if I can't, then I should put it off, you know? So we're going to get into, in the mom training, we'll get into so many more details about what could be behind your procrastination specifically, what could be behind what's causing you to feel overwhelmed when it's time to be productive. Yeah. Why do you end up on the couch with a bag of snacks at the end of the day when you know that you would be better served by going for a walk or, you know, something else, there's no shame in it. It's just that your survival brain has taken over when those behaviors start. So the fear of abandonment is massive and it's at the core of why and how we feel threatened today. 
I want to address the pandemic part too in just a second, but getting that support from someone who's safe for you. And I call them green light people. I have a whole training on how to tell if they're red light, yellow light, or green light. There's, there's a whole way that you can make sure that your brain feels safe with someone when it does. And you reach out to them in that moment that you feel vulnerable, stressed, overwhelmed, your brain will register. Oh, so this is secure. We're not going to be kicked out. Okay. We can relax. So safety, self-care, and support. On your point about the pandemic, here's what happened. Our space got so much smaller in the pandemic. There was no more separation of work and home. There was no more separation of time with the kids and time without the kids. There was no separation of I can go out with people and have that connection, that support from the S's, right? And then I can come home and I can put my mom hat back on. There was no reset for a solid two years. We're going into our third year of no good reset, even though the kids are back at school. I mean, I'm still, my, my son, we do a version of homeschooling. So he's not in a public school, but I hear from my mom friends everywhere. Like, oh gosh, we're back at home. Okay. Now we've got COVID. Okay. Now best friends have COVID. So we have to stay isolated. Like the whole, it's unpredictable. And there's no division. There's no clear boundary. When we live in a boundaryless world and everything is on top of each other and everybody doesn't have their own space, there isn't a reset unless you work to create it in a really gentle way that works with your situation instead of against it. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, and I, it just changed how we had put together our whole life, you know, like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have a nanny for that whole two years. And, and that, like, that was rough, you know, like that, just being able to go from having that and supporting, you know, like there are things that suffered, you know, because you still have to work. Sometimes you still have to do things, but it was all meshed together. Right. So yeah, Yeah. I, yeah, there was definitely our worlds got smaller. You're right. And it it changed a lot and people's worlds kind of dropped out from under them because they, they didn't, we didn't know how to deal with so many different changes all at one time. So yeah, you can no longer go to the gym. You can no longer go to the library and have story time at the library with the kids. You could no longer go to the playgrounds and have the kid burn off energy. It was, it's a whole lifestyle shift that nobody asked for and no one was ready for. So it's no wonder if you're still feeling off kilter for anybody who's listening, it makes total sense. Think of how many years you spent building the life you had before. And then no one telling you that you needed to prepare another lifestyle. And so now you're on your second year of just playing catch up, trying to rebuild a lifestyle where you can get your resets in. So there's so much compassion, so much space for grace, so much forgiveness for whatever you don't feel like you're doing well. And it's just your brain when you're sabotaging, when you're feeling overworked, when you're like, I cannot do another productive thing to save my life. Take that break, get that safety, do that self-nurturing, get the support. And that'll reset you for the short term. Uh, well, and I feel like uh, there's a lot of magic in life of like beautiful things happening and, uh, you know, just just miracles of things, you know, like you go someplace and there's a there's a beautiful things and good things happen to you and all these things. And I, I believe it's time for us to start to see those good things again, uh, to be able to walk into a situation and be like, wow, like look at this beautiful opportunity that I have here. Wow. Look at these people that I've met. Like, hi, I'm so blessed. Like what a gift that I have 
this, this beautiful family and this, this home and all these kind of things. Right. Um, I, I feel like it's, it's time for us moms to calm that survival brain so that we can start enjoying more like what's around us and seeing the beauty and the miracles and the things that are around that are just normal daily things that we, we are looking past because we're just trying to get by. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Yeah. So I guess I would love to hear like for a mom that is struggling to get out of that survival brain and wants to be more productive. Like what is, what is the first step? And the first thing you would talk to her about right now that could step her on a path towards that calm and to be more productive in the areas that she wants to be. That's such a great question. Thank you so much. So the first thing that I always start with is how much self-prioritization could your brain tolerate? All of us have a window of tolerance for how, how well we can treat ourselves and what we can and can't invest in ourselves. And that will be very limited if you've experienced trauma, if you've been through a lot of hardship, if, if your family of origin wasn't a safe space for you, or if you got really negative messages about yourself during your life. Most of us deal with a really harsh inner critic. It's also a type of sabotage, but you know, it plays into the perfectionism. It plays into the people pleasing. There's always a little voice, unless you address it, that is trying to keep you safe by saying, you just need to be better, work harder, do more, and then you'll be acceptable. And then you'll be worthy. And then you'll deserve care. So depending on your level of that inner critic, you have to figure out what could you tolerate? I have clients that literally can, they start with me and they are not able to tolerate even taking five gentle minutes alone for themselves at first because it's too painful or they feel guilty or they're too frenetic to like build that in. So what I do for them is I say, set a timer. I set a reminder in your phone that says, take three deep breaths. That takes less than 30 seconds. And if that's where, if that's all you could tolerate, if you couldn't tolerate painting your nails or going to get a mani or um, a manicure or, or, you know, making your favorite tea and making sure you have your favorite food and things like that, start with where you are. So if the very bare minimum is all you can do, that's great. So you start with those three deep breaths at noon every day and you just let that be enough. As you prioritize yourself and start to do the three S's during your day-to-day life, you'll be able to tolerate bigger changes and bigger self-prioritization. We have to focus, and this is actually why I do what I do, because we cannot enlarge our window of tolerance typically without a lot of strategy and support and someone else looking out for you to give you ideas. Because like I have coaches because I need help, even though I teach this, I need help because my survival brain doesn't want me to do anything that's gonna make me unsafe, even with all the trauma work I've done, even with all the therapy I've done, even with all the coaching I've had. So I I have other people that I have integrated into my life, other coaches that I work with, that work with me, then they give me ideas. Like here is how you can get to the next level of such and such. It used to be that I couldn't spend money on myself. And now this last few weeks, um, we, I went on a vacation where I ate like all the food without guilt. And I came back and I, I bought a big case of my favorite cold pressed juices, very expensive. And it was like, I'm going to do a reset because I love myself. I care so much about this, 
beautiful girl inside and she feels better when she's eating healthy. How could I help her eat healthy? And how could that be the path of least resistance? So the cold pressed juices were waiting here after vacation. And so we, we do the cold pressed juices, we do the veggies, we get the grocery order. It's like, it begins to take shape as this lifestyle of love. My whole life is a love letter to me. Sometimes literally my love language is gifts. And so when I buy on Amazon, I write myself a gift note with my post-it ladies. I, I only buy pink and purple pens because that makes me happy. You know, I, whatever it's like, it's like, I, I mean, I've recently hired a personal stylist eight years ago. I couldn't even buy a new pair of shoes for myself without feeling guilty. Yeah. And now my lifestyle is this like beautiful love language for me. And so we start with wherever your window of tolerance is now. Don't think about what's next. Just do what you could do now. Wow. That was amazing advice because that is something that all of us can do. Right. Starting right out. Like what can I tolerate about putting myself first, prioritizing my needs like that? That's amazing to think about that because we can all just start where we're at and, and grow from there. And how can I prioritize myself? Um, I think a lot of us get scared that if we're going to put ourselves first, that it's going to take away from our family, or again, goes back to the survival of like, oh, I'm not going to be doing enough. So I'm going to be kicked out of the herd. Um, I know that I've definitely felt that before of like, oh, if if I take time for myself, then I'm definitely gonna, you know, be rubbing someone the wrong way and in different areas. But I, we're going to be our best self when we're well taken care of. And so just to remember that as well is really important. That's it. And so a couple of analogies come to mind. One is, um, you know, just the old saying, you can't pour from an empty cup. Um, it's really impossible as a mom to show up at your best and to be able to, so I I mean, a huge part, oh my gosh, Diana, this is like a whole other, I'm not going to get on my soapbox about this, but this is a big part of what I help moms with is attached parenting while under stress. And so when we are under stress, if we do not increase our self-prioritization, if we do not really lean in and ask, what would hit the spot right now for me? Then when those moments come and the child says something that triggers you or you're running late anyway and somebody forgot their shoe or whatever it is, or the partner says the wrong, he comments about the dishes not being done first thing when he walks in instead of saying, hi, how was your day? I bet you're tired, let me take over. Any one of those things could be the the brick that sinks the barge. We have to be able to prioritize ourselves and it does not have to take time. Like this is what I specialize in. There are ways that you can integrate so much self-nurturing and support throughout your day and not add a minute to your schedule. Mm. And it just has to do with how you look at it. You can do it without adding money to your budget. They're, they're literally for every reason that women give me that they can't increase their self-nurturing and self-prioritization. I have ways, you know, like there are ways out there that you can do this without adding time, money, or energy into your day. We have to absolutely make it the path of least resistance to prioritize yourself or it will not happen. So if your barge is being floated, we can't always control the hardship, right? The hardship is heavy, but if your barge is, you know, like a big boat in, in the, in the river is being 
is floating because of all of the self-nurturing and the self-prioritization and the safety and the support that's underneath you, then those bricks are going to be put on and it's not going to sink you. And in fact, you'll probably have somebody hired at that point to like move the bricks off the barge as fast yeah. as they're coming in. Right. So it really has to do with, are you ready to take steps that are within your window of tolerance to begin to build and increase it? Or are you okay staying where you are? And there's no shame either way. So if you're not okay staying where you are, then the only thing to do is to look for how you could create the path of least resistance toward that self-priority. Yeah, no, totally. I love that. Yeah. So I, um, I know you're going to be talking to mom training next week, which I'm super excited about. And I, I'm really excited to dive into talking about those, those four types of the self-sabotage, you know, the Mm -hmm. procrastination, perfectionism, people pleasing and overwhelm and why that's, that's not always our fault too, that we're having the self-sabotage. Um, yeah, I, that that's going to be an amazing training. I'm really excited to dive in deep to that. I wish we had more time today, but that's, you know, that's why we have mom training. We can put together something and, um, ladies, I'll go ahead. Oh, so sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I'll just say too, that today we talked about the short term, but if you don't go into the roots of what your specific procrastination and overwhelm is rooted in and your people pleasing and that perfectionism, if we don't look at the deeper roots, you're, you're going to, you're just going to be treading water. You'll never actually get to a place of real change. And so that's what we'll be focusing on in the mock training is how do you get to the roots? What's your long-term strategy look like? So I hope everyone can come and join us there. Yeah, no, seriously. But no, I was going to say ladies that if you're not in mom training yet, like you really are missing out. (laughs) It is a beautiful community. (laughs) We Um, love you. Yeah. You probably want to be here. (laughs) I know it really, it really is. It's, it's such a great place to gain support and to learn things, be able to ask questions, be involved. And it's, it's just an amazing place for us moms to be. And so if you're not in mom training, just, I invite you to come and join us for this session next week. Um, you can go to dianaballard.com and sign up there. And so I, we would love to have you, but Alyssa, I am really excited for you to teach us more about diving in and getting the root because that really is where we need to head is why is all this happening? What's the motivation behind these struggles that I'm having with self-sabotage and, you know, it's possible for us to get out of it, right? It's possible for us to let it go. That long-term strategy is so important because would you rather just keep dealing with it as it happens and having to calm and having to calm and having to calm, or would you rather build a lifestyle of calm that gets increasingly calmer as you calm it every day? So it's about not having the procrastination happen in the first place. It's about not being tempted to people please in the first place. So there, those two components will make an unstoppable combination for you to build this amazing thriving lifestyle. That's awesome. Okay. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, your website and also on social media? Yeah, absolutely. So my website is yourbestmoment.com. And I would love to have anyone who wants to come join me in my free stress less lounge group on Facebook, just search the stress less lounge and you'll see it come up with me. And um, I'm at your best moment is now on Instagram. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for sharing your wisdom with us and definitely has sparked my interest to learn more about how to get to that root because, you know, I don't want to self-sabotage myself anymore, <laughs> you know, exactly. And, I, exactly. It, and I definitely want to go deeper and figure out what the heck's going on and how to get that out of here. So thank you so much for sharing um, your thoughts with us today. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Diana. I can't wait for next week. I know me too. All right, ladies, um, come join us in mom training next week and we'll see you next Tuesday on the mom training podcast.